Dr. Amy Burt is a college professor residing in Baldwin County's 5th District. She's a candidate seeking the Democratic nomination to run in the November general election against incumbent Johnny Westmoreland. Dr. Amy Burt, thank you for joining me today on Millageville Matters. Thank you. So we're talking with you about your candidacy for the Baldwin County Commission. And I just thought I'd start off with the first question that comes to mind. Why did you declare your candidacy for the Baldwin County Commission? Right. So, you know, most things begin with a culminating event. And my culminating event began when the current county commissioners voted to defund the library in December of, I believe it was 2018. It was at that point that I became concerned about the direction that the county commissioners were going in. And I was wondering if they had the best interests for the, the people that they serve. Who has inspired you to public service? And once elected, what will you do to carry their spirit forward? Okay, that's a, that's a really easy question for me. My icon of public service is probably Jimmy Carter, the 39th president of these United States. One of the things that I admire most about President Carter is his lifelong dedication to public life. And it seems as though his guiding values are demonstrable in every area of his life. If elected, my goal would be to be a servant leader in the same way that somebody like Jimmy Carter has been. Um, He's worked for the best for his people, and he's done things that have been unpopular. He's done things that have been personally uh, not easy, I would say, but he's acted with consistent integrity and focus and a genuine desire to serve the people. Those are high ideals. And I'm thankful to have somebody like him in public service to model that for me. What is Baldwin County's best opportunity for success, however you define it? And how do you plan to use your position on the Baldwin County Commission to build that opportunity? That's a great question. Um, I think one definition of success would be making the most of the resources that we have available to us. Baldwin County is unique in a couple of ways. And we've got amazing people. We have amazing skill sets. So I think that if we could make sure that the people people in Baldwin County are being adequately served and that they're getting consistent service, for instance. So one measure of success would be to make sure that everybody in Baldwin County has access to to equitable services. Another way that Baldwin County can be successful is to continue to build on the, the things that it's done well in the past. Baldwin County has long been a, I guess, a refuge of sorts or, you know, when we think about things like Central State Hospital, when we think about things like the the variety of, of prisons in Baldwin County and the environs 
what we have is a lot of people who are um, marginalized in certain ways. What we have is a lot of vulnerable populations. And those institutions also bring with them large uh, economic growth opportunities. So, for instance, the central state hospital development, the, the development that's going on there currently, repurposing those buildings that have been unused to better service the needs of Baldwin County is, is a wonderful example of ways in which we can take what we have and maybe transform it into like an economic incubator, for instance. You know, the things that, they're, that they are doing out there, like, for instance, Bright House, which is a wonderful resource. So making sure that we've got resources that perhaps we hadn't had before, like Bright House on the Central State campus. Yeah. Do we have the things that will provide people the ability to be successful? Now, can you identify a gap in the social fabric that the coronavirus has exposed? And how would you use your seat on the Baldwin County Commission to attempt to fix it? That's a great question. I think the main gaps that the coronavirus has exposed have to do with access to health care and also the ability to choose whether or not to stay home. I mean, that, that's kind of a financial, that's financially driven in a lot of ways. So we've got kind of an inequity in terms of across the board salaries in terms of, you know, with essential workers, for instance. I think that's one of the things that the coronavirus has exposed is our idea of what is an essential worker. If you would ask me, I don't know, in February of this year, what who is an essential worker, I probably would have said first responders, healthcare professionals, and that, that maybe would be it. And we see now that that's a naive reading. When people who are stocking the shelves in our grocery stores are classified as essential workers, and we can see that we can see why they are. But we also see that there's a, a profound disparity in terms of their protections uh, economically and the access that a lot of people have to health care. So does that fall under, is that something that's fixable by the county commissioners? That's, that's a question that I would, I would look into. Yeah, if there's a way to, to bridge those gaps so that everybody in Baldwin County has access to, to health care, so that everybody in Baldwin County has access to the same protections, um, employment and protections, that would be, I, I would look into how, how can, is that something that's under the auspices of the county commissioners? If so, yeah, let's, let's do that. Of course, I did have a question specifically about health care, and yeah. I think we were just both talking about uh, the question of do we have enough access to health care? Uh, but as a county commissioner, um, do you have an idea of what you can do to maintain the level of access that we have now or possibly even uh, work to improve health outcomes for our community? The short answer is no. I don't, I don't know how to do that. But I want to find out how to do that. 
No, and, and that's a perfectly acceptable answer. The the biggest questions have no easy answers. Otherwise, they wouldn't be the big questions. So, of course. Right. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, that's, that's something that, that certainly that we can look into. Over the past couple of weeks, for instance, I've seen um, that there are street testing places in Baldwin County. And I believe that part of the central state rede redevelopment Authority has been looking at creating medical access on the on the campus. There, there would specifically be places on the former Central State Hospital campus that would be used for providing health care for this area. If that's something that the Baldwin County Commissioners can fund, oh heck, I would be all about that. Right. Uh, but of course, you know another aspect of the coronavirus is one that you touched upon, which is the financial one, and that hits our families uh, and our neighbors um, as well as it does uh, local governments. Do you have right. an idea about how you will tackle what will be a, a potentially a, a revenue crisis for all governments, but specifically our local government here at the Baldwin County Commission and um, all of the services it uh, works to provide? I think the Milledgeville Chamber of Commerce and the local government, including City Hall and the mayor and the city council and the county commissioners, have done an exemplary job of working together to address what they can address in this situation. So, for instance, based on the information on their their websites, based on the things that the, the chamber has put out, they've done a great job of working together to have a series of fora that bring information to people about how, what do the small business loans do? How can people get them? And so I would want to continue to work together with the, the other branches of local governance and organizations like the chamber to make sure that people had access to information. I think one of the big heroes of the situation that we currently find ourselves in is the Twin Lake Library System. They have gone above and beyond in terms of providing information for people. So, for instance, I think that this week, and it maybe began last week, they've had a series of kind of like, I think, Facebook Live seminars where people could talk to professionals about how to do a variety of things. So they had one with a, with a local hairdresser, for instance. How can you meet your immediate needs? And so, you know, working with agencies like the library system to get information out to people on a variety of topics, working with the chamber, working with the city hall and the city council people would is our best bet. I think it's been really impressive the way that our local governance has worked together for the best interests of Milledgeville and Baldwin County in terms of issuing the restrictions before the governor did. That was a bold move, and I think it was certainly in our best interest. And I'm sure it wasn't easy to make. So I think that they've that, that our local governance has stepped up and has worked in concert together, and I would look forward to using the momentum that that level of cooperation has had in 
continuing looking for ways in which we can overcome what's going to be financial challenges, to say the least. Yes, and I did have a question about maintaining a workable relationship with the city of Milledgeville, but I want to just talk about, again, about declining tax revenues and how they might hinder the county's ability to deliver the spectrum of services that it is mandated to provide. Do you have an idea about how you will go in and start looking at that possibility where the tax revenues just don't support the services or maybe even capital expenditures? Yeah, no, I don't. Uh, I think some some tough decisions are going to have to be made. And I don't know off the top of my head what I might do in that situation. It's going to be tough. Yeah, to keep on this idea of tax revenues, uh, Baldwin County can ask voters to renew the special purpose local option sales tax again in 2023. I know that's a long ways away right now, but of course that'll be coming at the end of your four-year term, and the planning of that will have to begin uh, before then. What projects do you think you'll want to see funded in the next round of SPLOST, and how will you ensure your priorities are in line with your constituents? What I would like to do is to find out what my constituents are most concerned about and and move from there. I think that that's what good governance does, really takes into consideration what are the needs of the people who elected you into office. So I would look at what what are my constituents concerned about and move from there. Would you do that in the the form of just one on one conversations with the folks that um, elected you, or are there might have any ideas about how to just collect the sentiment of your neighbors? But uh, in this situation, your constituents. Sure, I think there are a number of ways of doing that, and so part of it would be face to face. I think you get different information face to face than you do in asynchronous collection methods, right? For instance, sending out or or having links to polls is a great way of getting it, but but you get better information when you're talking face-to-face. So having a series of maybe drop-by for coffee kinds of things where people could just come in and talk and, and meet me along with other methods. Being accessible by phone or email or whatever other methods of delivery so that people can contact me with concerns. So, yeah, I'm a great believer in using all available channels to communicate and to get a message across because everybody's comfortable with, you know, a couple is <laughs> their primary method, right? So, I mean, who would who would rather get you on the phone or versus who would rather actually text you? So having asynchronous and synchronous methods of data collection and also you know, kind of looking at best practices, what has worked in the past. I mean, there's no telling that that what's worked in the past will continue to work, but continuing to ask other professionals what worked for them is a great way, too, to find find good ideas that, that can help an area. Would you support Baldwin County proposing another transportation special purpose local option sales tax referendum in the next couple of years? I look forward to seeing what it said. And um, so we're coming to the close of the questions I have for you. And I just want to give you the opportunity to make a direct appeal to our radio audience. Uh, Why should members of our radio audience vote for you? That's a great question. 
I ran for office because I was concerned about the direction that our county commissioners were taking. The thing that I bring to office is a desire to serve. The next four years are going to be a pivotal time for us. They're going to be a pivotal time for all of America. And I promise if I'm elected that I will do everything in my power to serve the people of Baldwin County, specifically of District 5. Well, Amy Burt, I want to thank you very much for taking the time to talk to our radio audience today on Millville Matters. Well, thanks, Daniel. Appreciate it.